Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Ramiumptum Ruminations. My name is Scott, and I'm the host. Today's episode is called The Hasty Generalization of Moroni's Promise. Thanks for coming back to listen to another episode of the podcast, Ramiumptum Ruminations. I really do need to start out with an apology. I was such a tease last week. When I set up the episode, I started talking about my plans for jumping into a subject, and then I just never talked about it. The problem was, I spent so much time responding to some of your comments, and I love engaging with the listeners, so I apologize for that. Today, this week, we're going to dive into that subject that I mentioned last week. And that subject is Moroni's promise as a hasty generalization. So, quick recap of what we were discussing the last two weeks. Uh, Two weeks ago, episode 101, I was talking about Pascal's wager and this question what if the LDS church is true? And how similar that question is to Pascal's wager. You can go back and listen to that episode if you're more interested in it. But the wager, the premise of the wager is basically you stand to lose so much more if it's true and you don't believe than if it's not true and you and you do believe. So you're better off betting on belief. That's that's kind of the premise of the wager. Then last week, I discussed some of the listener responses to that episode, and I spent a lot of time talking about that. So this week, I want to jump into Moroni's promise as a hasty generalization. So what is Moroni's promise? Moroni's promise is uh, Moroni 10, 4 and 5. And it says, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart and with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. This is Moroni's promise. But what I want to discuss is how it's applied within the LDS Church. A new convert is encouraged to read the Book of Mormon and pray to know if it's true or not, or pray to know if Joseph Smith was a prophet. When a prospective member of the church follows this instruction and prays to know if the Book of Mormon is true, and they get that that warm, fuzzy feeling, trademarked, that the LDS church says you're supposed to feel, then it it comes with some implications that the church imposes on that feeling or on that conviction that a new convert has felt. And those, those connections run real similar to the slippery slope, but it's not quite the same fallacy. Basically, if you pray to know that the Book of Mormon is true, the church says, then also, Joseph Smith must be a prophet. And then if Joseph Smith is a prophet, then also Brigham Young on all the way down to Russell M. Nelson. You know, if the Book of Mormon is true, also means all of these other things. It also means that polygamy was a commandment from God. It also means that, you know, insert whatever doctrine you want here. And this right here is a hasty generalization. So 
let's let's discuss what a hasty generalization is and then maybe you be the judge if my assessment of moroni's promise is really a hasty generalization and specifically there's like a subcategory that some people make of a hasty generalization um, called a faulty generalization and i think that fits a little bit better with this but i'll i'll describe both of them and the reason i'm saying the faulty one might be a little bit closer is because hasty generalization typically refers to statistics but we're gonna we're gonna use this concept to to examine some of the inductive reasoning used. And um, inductive reasoning is drawing a conclusion um, from a specific thing to a general thing. That's that's uh, inductive reasoning. Then deductive is the opposite. You go from a uh, general thing to a specific thing. So the reason I'm referring to Moroni's promise as inductive reasoning is because the person is asked to make a specific question to God. Is the Book of Mormon true? So the inductive conclusion here is, if the Book of Mormon is true from your specific thing to the general thing, then the church must also be true. And that would be your general statement. A hasty generalization is drawing a conclusion based on a small sample size, rather than looking at statistics that are much more, rather than looking at um, statistics that would be more typical of an, of an average situation. So that's, that's the you know, textbook definition of a hasty generalization. It's drawing a conclusion from too small of a sample size to make an accurate assessment. Now, the faulty generalization, which I think fits a little bit better with this, it's an informal one. The uh, faulty generalization is an informal fallacy that's really similar to jumping to a conclusion. A conclusion is drawn about something based on one or very few instances. It's, it's jumping to a conclusion. It's saying, I received this witness of the Book of Mormon. Now I'm going to jump to the conclusion that everything else taught by these missionaries is also true. I'm not saying that it can't also be true. I'm saying that it is a hasty generalization to say, I received this, therefore everything else that this missionary is teaching is also the word of God, or everything else coming from the church must be true. The hasty generalization is a claim made with too little or insufficient evidence. One of the, you know, an example that a lot of people use for this is you bump into someone from a different country and you have a really bad exchange with this person. And so you make the assumption that everyone from that country must be a bad or mean person because you had one bad experience with one person. So we're going to apply this directly to Moroni's promise. When we ask this question, this one question, you know, hey, God, is the Book of Mormon true? You get that answer. You feel that conviction. Whatever that source of that answer comes from, the church then encourages the members to make a hasty generalization and say, since you received this inspiration, then everything else about the church must also then be true. Instead of encouraging the members to think critically about each individual doctrine and idea. I'll be upfront, this, this uh, fallacy is typically to do with statistics and numbers and sampling sizes and that sort of thing. So it's not a perfect comparison, but I think the general idea works really well for this. So I want to ask a question for the believers, something to consider. Is it possible that the Book of Mormon could be true, but that Joseph Smith was not a prophet or perhaps was a fallen prophet? How would you know? How could a member know? that every single doctrine or truth claim from the religion 
how could a believer know that they're all valid and verifiable? As a simple compare-contrast, the LDS Church is not the only branch that came from Joseph Smith. It is not the only it is not the only sect of Mormonism. There's the Community of Christ, there's the FLDS, there's a lot of other branches within the faith. How would someone know which of the offshoots of Joseph Smith is the correct one? Why the Community of Christ over the Brighamite or vice versa? If someone is basing their entire testimony off of a conviction of the Book of Mormon, that does not tell them which branch of the Mormon faith to follow. Asking this question and receiving the revelation or inspiration, again, I'm not going to address that whole can of worms of what is this uh, religious conviction that a person receives. We're going to set that aside, maybe a topic for another time. Regardless, someone has received that inspiration that they believe the Book of Mormon is true. That does not tell them which offshoot from Joseph Smith to follow. So now I want to talk about Moroni's promise. Moroni's promise is Moroni 10 verses 4 and 5. And it's one that it's a scripture mastery. Many members of the church are very familiar with this passage. Basically says, if you want to know the truth, kneel down, pray. God will tell you if it's true. Missionaries, as they're preaching the LDS gospel to converts or potential converts, they will cite this passage and say, you know, you too can know whether or not what we're saying is true. Kneel down and pray. Pray to know if the Book of Mormon is true. Or pray to know that Joseph Smith was a prophet. That's usually, it's one of those two things that uh, a missionary will encourage a potential convert to do. Then when the person has that spiritual confirmation or not, or you know, in those conversations, the missionary it will tell or encourage the person to say, by saying, hey, look, if Joseph Smith is a prophet, if you Receive that revelation that the Book of Mormon is true, then that means Joseph Smith was a prophet. Then that means Russell M. Nelson is also a prophet. Then that means that the plan of salvation is true. Then that means that polygamy was a commandment from God. Then that means that, and then you could insert whatever the doctrine is. This is a hasty generalization. They're making a conclusion about something that is not related to the question that they were posing. And here's a way to, to contrast that or to, to think about it. And let's say, you know, the believers out there, you know, come with me on this ride. Let's just pretend for a moment that the Book of Mormon was true, but that the Doctrine and Covenants was not revealed yet. And the only knowledge that we had about the afterlife came from the Book of Mormon. If we received that witness that the Book of Mormon were true, but nothing about the Doctrine and Covenants. The way the Book of Mormon presents the afterlife, it does have the spirit prison, that's part of it. There's no mention of degrees of glory. And in Jacob, polygamy is condemned. If we take the Book of Mormon at face value as the Word of God, without examining the Doctrine and Covenants, we have a different worldview, we have a different conceptualization of the afterlife. Now, the minute you throw in Doctrine and Covenants, suddenly you have a contradiction between what Jacob says about polygamy and what Doctrine and Covenants 132 says about polygamy. But then you also have additions about the, the degrees of glory. And what I'm trying to say is each one of these things requires its own consideration 
before we can make a conclusion that it's true or false. It is a logical fallacy to say that because I received revelation that the Book of Mormon is true, then therefore Russell M. Nelson is a prophet. Or to say I received inspiration that that the Book of Mormon is true, so also the Pearl of Great Price must be true. Each one of these things needs to be looked at on its own. Now, me making a a statement like that or a claim like that isn't trying to tell a believer you have to land in the exact same space that I did. What I'm saying is that making a statement like Moroni's promise and using it as a, a blanket to cover all belief within the institution is the hasty generalization fallacy. Now, the reason I'm bringing up the Doctrine and Covenants and contrasting it with the Book of Mormon here is not both of those ideas can be true. Polygamy can't be condemned and also be required. The subjects like the degrees of the degrees of glory and and how the Doctrine and Covenants presents this new idea that doesn't contradict the Book of Mormon. But if someone has only received inspiration that the Book of Mormon is true, and then proceeds to go and believe polygamy, there's a contradiction from their religious conviction that they received about the Book of Mormon and what the what the faith actually teaches. There is a distinction between a religious conviction and a verifiable truth about the world. When we're discussing Moroni's promise, what's happening isn't, it's not a objective, verifiable truth that we can observe that's being done in this Moroni's promise. It's engendering a religious conviction based on feelings. And a religious conviction is a very different thing from an objective fact about the world. For me personally, a belief of a a leap of faith, holding faith in an idea like God exists or the Book of Mormon is true, holding faith in something like that is a leap away from reason because it's something that you cannot verify with reason alone. So each step you take from the Book of Mormon is true to the next thing and the next thing is removing you further and further from reason and more and more into uncertainty. I'm not saying that. Again, I probably sound like a broken record to some people. You can have your religious convictions. I think a believer should recognize that each leap from one conviction to the next you know, from Joseph Smith as a prophet to Russell M. Nelson as a prophet, a leap like that requires more faith and, and holding on to it as, a, as an objective truth about the world, I think fundamentally misunderstands what religion is. The last thing I'll say, and I'm, I'm going to try and be delicate about this, there's so little within religion that can be proven true or false. Not just true, and not, not even false, the claims that religion makes about the world around us are not verifiable claims. And this, this truth, this testimony that people get when they do Moroni's promise is not something that's quantifiable. It's not something that you could. It's not something that's repeatable. It's not something that can be known the way that we can observe the sun rising or the stars in the sky. This knowledge from Moroni's promise is both a hasty generalization and the truth that it 
tries to present is not a verifiable, quantifiable truth. I'm not saying you can't believe. I'm not saying that you can't have a testimony. I'm saying that there is a difference between something that is observable and something that is felt. Thank you for listening today. If this is content that you appreciate, that you enjoy, please consider becoming a monthly recurring donor to the podcast. Head over to ramiemptumruminations.org and uh, throw me a dollar or two. If that's not something you're financially able to do, then hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, share it with some friends. I am going to be out of town for the next couple of weeks. I want to try and have things produced and scheduled ahead of time to publish um, while I'm out of town. So um, I'm going to try and get through that without any any breaks in publishing episodes. But there might be a week or two this summer where I'm not actually able to publish anything. Wherever you find yourself out there, going through your camping gear, packing for a weekend in the mountains, I hope that you have an excellent day. Mm-hmm.